Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Reliving the Lights of Friday Night Lights Rewatch Podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. I am one of your hosts. Hey, I'm Anthony Hookman. I'm the other host. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk another episode of season two. We are on episode six this week. We're excited to talk about it. I'm back out in the garage this week, Anthony, which, you know, has been working okay, except for the fact that winter's here and it's 34 degrees. And so I have multiple layers on, I got the hood up, I got my hat on, I'm uh, bundled up. I think I'm going to make it, but <laughs> the things we do for our listeners, you know. Yeah, you're going to have to get a space heater out there or something. That's actually a good idea. Maybe after this episode, I'll, <laughs> I'll go grab one. But, but yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. I've got my setup out here in the garage. So I'm ready to go. And you've got a, you've got a little new setup there too. So man, we're, yeah. we're going hard. We, uh, we bought a new desk for Angie this week for her work. And uh, so we are in Fetty's old room uh, okay. where we just kind of keep where Angie is kind of half running her store out of and half uh, just my extra crap. Josh, you can see a little bookshelf here of, uh, <laughs> that's that I've got where I keep all my books that uh, I have read, but uh, don't read much <laughs> these days. So uh, just my collection of yeah. to make me look smart, even though nobody sees it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's nice to have, it's nice to have the extra room in the house to just kind of catch everything that doesn't have a spot. So that includes podcasts in this case. So and it works out well because, uh, for our listeners who have uh, been listening for a while, you probably remember a few episodes ago that I was, uh, (laughs) about three quarters of the way through the episode, I started speaking really quietly because we record these late at night and I was keeping Angie awake because she could hear me in the next room. But now I'm as far away from her as I can physically be in our apartment. So hopefully we don't get too many noise complaints. There is a neighbor behind that wall. So hopefully they they don't complain, but we have recorded. I recorded, I have an episode in here um, at one point, several months or like a couple months ago, Uh, but not that long ago for you guys at home. And (laughs) Well, it will be when they listen to this, mate. Well, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to try and figure out the math. Yeah. <laughs> not important, but it, that worked out pretty well. So I, I've got a good feeling about how this will go. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like our significant others are are supportive of our podcasting endeavors. The only problem is it happens very late at night, yes. usually. So understandably so. I get kicked out to the garage, in, uh, but you've got your own space now. So yeah. Good. Hopefully, Hopefully we can, so. yeah, keep up the vo- keep up the volume <laughs> and the energy in general. Yeah, for you all. But yeah, uh, excited to get into this right now in real time. It is actually uh, we're about midway. No, we're getting close to the end of October here. Um, yeah, we are a week from Halloween. So my uh, intro question for you this week, Anthony, is: uh, I know you've been rewatching some some classic horror films. And I also have been trying. I've never seen any of these before, so I'm like first. I'm time really excited know. for you. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you just give us a little a little taste of what you've been uh, watching, and maybe make some horror recommendations? I absolutely can do that. So I actually this October, <laughs> as you guys are listening to this in like January <laughs> when it's just completely not the season, yeah. um, I've been trying to do uh, 31 horror movies through the season, so one for every day. Uh-huh. Uh, we went on vacation, or like we went to outside of the twin cities and it was very, a social distance vacation. <laughs> it was um, yeah, it was a very responsible vacation at the beginning of the month. So I fell behind a few days. So I've done a couple of 
uh, double and triple. I think last Saturday I did a, I did think I watched five movies. Oh, wow. <laughs> over the course of the day. <laughs> yeah. But now, so right now it is the 23rd of October and I have watched 27 horror movies. So Bro. I'm at a, I'm at a good pace. Yeah. Um, so here's a little taste for you. Okay. Um, the first one I watched is uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, yes. which is one of my favorite movies of all time, horror or otherwise. Yes. It was a great way to kick it off. I watched that one. Uh, that's one. Of, I've probably watched, I haven't watched 23. I've probably watched 10. Watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, had a real good time with that one. That's uh, I, I like the the whole premise of going in and out of the dreams. I thought that was yeah. a nice twist to kind of a still yet a classic slasher type film. So yeah, it's a, a a great movie, and um, and like I said, it's one of my favorites of all time. It has aged incredibly well. It's actually playing this weekend in Brookings, so I'm going to try to nice. uh, brave the pandemic and go see it for because <laughs> yeah. I just love that movie so much. Just go to like the four o'clock in the afternoon show. Yep. Nobody's trying to see Nightmare on Elm Street at four. Four. That's kind of what I'm though. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I then watched Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge, which is okay. not as good. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've watched that movie since high school, and I'd forgotten how not good it oh, is. Shoot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's. I won't get too deep into it because I'll list a couple <laughs> more movies. But yeah, um, yeah, it is kind of had a resurgence over the last decade or so because oh. it was um, a very there's a lot of gay undertones okay. to it. Okay, um, that has kind of like was always kind of like a butt of the joke, like like when I first watched it, but now it's gotten yeah. a real resurgence and it's kind of become like a, almost like a gay icon movie, like an uh, iconic gay wow. movie. So, okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, a couple more. I watched the faculty, which I know you watched yes. recently as yes. well. Yes. That's a good time. A, yeah, really fun movie from the late nineties. It has one of the most stacked casts of any movie I've ever seen. It basically period. has everybody in it. Like <laughs> you watch it, and there's even people that you forgot existed. And it's like, oh, they're in this movie too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, oh, yeah. there's super famous people. And then there's also like, uh, yeah. And then there's Lilith from, <laughs> from Frasier. That's one of the main characters. It's like, what yeah. the heck? Okay. Like John Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Why would John Stewart, how many movies was John Stewart actually in? Like five, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I can think of three. Yeah. Off the top of my head, but I, like it's that Big Daddy and Death to Smoochie are the only three oh, that come right. to mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he had like a cameo in Half Baked. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> yep. All right. So faculty. Fun I would movie. that one for sure. For a good. I had. I'm pretty sure never watched it front to back. I think I'd seen oh, yeah. bits and pieces of it, but never watched it front to back. So that was a fun ride. Uh, Hellraiser two. I had recently revisited the first Hellraiser, which I had seen before. I had not seen Hellraiser 2 and I liked it more than the first one. Wow. I was actually going to ask you about those movies because I was eyeing them and wanting to watch them, but you had never mentioned them. So I thought, eh, maybe it's not worth the time. Uh, probably my all-time favorite horror movie next with The Shining. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and then I followed that up with the sequel, Dr. Sleep, which works really well. It's like... I, I'm a huge fan of the book The Shining and the movie The Shining. And I know that King hates the movie because it wasn't a great adaptation or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mike Flanagan, who directed Dr. Sleep, did a really great job of making the movie a sequel to both 
the book The Shining and the movie The Shining. Really? You really tied them together. It works really, really well. I've read both books and seen both movies, and I gotta say, I was very pleased with that. So the, I did. I I mean, I loved The Shining when I was in high school. The book. I did not realize that there was a sequel. Yeah, that. I just it the sequel the book came, sequel came out in like 2013. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it deals with Danny as an adult. Huh. Okay, um, sweet. Yeah, I would recommend the book, would recommend the movie. Uh obviously if you have the time read the book first, but yeah. check out the check out the movie. It's it worked like I said, it works really well as a sequel to both the the film and the movie. Like he ties it all together. Like it, obviously if you read both books and watch both movies, it's a more Yeah you know, a rewarding experience. But anyway, moving on, uh, finished up, did Jason goes to hell part nine of Friday the 13th, <laughs> the Adam Sandler vehicle, Hubie Halloween, which I was not nuts about. Oh, uh, you weren't uh, <laughs> yeah, weird. Adam Sandler uh, <laughs> Netflix film. You were not into okay. uh, a, another Netflix movie starring Allison Williams, who I also love uh, called the perfection. That one was uh, an interesting one. I'm glad I watched it. Hmm. Uh, the next three were Jason X, Freddy versus Jason, <laughs> and the Friday the 13th 2009 remake. Yeah. So that finished off the uh, Friday the 13th series. Then watched the new 2020 version of The Invisible Man, which I thought was great. I can't uh, say enough praises <laughs> about it. That movie ruled. Uh, uh, it, it whips ass, if whips you will. Ass. <laughs> According to your Twitter, mm-hmm. it doesn't wipe it though. No. Uh, <laughs> and last night I watched American Werewolf in London, which is oh, yeah. uh, an all timer for me as well. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you've been keeping busy that way, but time well spent, in my opinion. Uh, uh, yeah, you'll probably hear this January, February, but it'll be the dead of winter and you'll be bored and looking for something to do. So yeah. maybe do we hope you're, we, if the pandemic, if there's not a, like a, a widespread vaccine or something at that, at the point that this airs, right. you're hopefully cooped up at home and not going too many places. Yeah. So, yep. you know, maybe dive into some of these horror movies, stay home, get scared by yourself. It's a good time. Watch the shining. That'd be perfect for that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so we, we gotta, we gotta let the people know what we're drinking tonight. What do you got there? Yes. Uh, so, uh, I am a week and a half into a low calorie diet. Okay. So with Ross Erickson, friend of the show. Nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to do, uh, 1800 calories or less a day is yeah. basically Oof. what I'm shooting for. So mm-hmm. I've got a vodka water with a splash of Mio in it. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's how you do it. But, uh, I am not on a low-calorie diet, so I am drinking a Boulevard Oktoberfest. It's that time of year. Uh, I don't necessarily like Oktoberfest all the time, but, you know, for a couple weeks out of the year, I'm good to, mm-hmm. good to drink them. So it's a nice one. Boulevard nice. always always has just good quality yeah, I like their stuff. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of their like flagship beer because they're a wheat beer, right? Yes. I hate wheat beers. I think we've talked about this too. Yeah. Which Boulevard wheat is like my go-to. If Just, I were to drink, I, I will say the Boulevard is the wheat beer that I've hated the least. Yeah, uh, like their flagship <laughs> beer. Yeah. I would literally like. I can't think of a beer that I wouldn't drink before, like a Blue Moon. I absolutely hate Blue Moon. Really. 
I despise Blue Moon. It's my least favorite beer. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's particularly great, but like, I'm not going to refuse a Blue Moon if someone puts it in front of me. I would. I think I would. You're crazy. Funny. All right. Well, (laughs) we said we weren't going to do it. Uh, (laughs) We did it. We recorded a good 40 minute. (laughs) Really? 40 minutes? (laughs) Well, it's 20 after 10. So, yeah. Um, so we should probably talk about Friday yeah. Night Lights. Let's dive into the show. All right. Um, Episode 206, How Did I Get Here? Uh, why don't you, do we got Movie Dude 1? We've got Movie Dude 1. Yes. Upon returning to Dylan, Tim finds his team locker empty while Coach Taylor deals with Jason and offering him a coaching job while at the same time dealing with his own job not paying nearly as much as what he was getting the previous year. That's one sentence. Lila's friend from the boys' school shows up with her father in hopes of a tryout with the Panthers, and Landry's father nears nears the truth about his role in a death. <laughs> Anthony just slammed his phone down in frustration. <laughs> this is like a one on the movie dude scale. I I feel. I feel like it is not like accidental that he has so many run-ons. I feel like he is like trying to do two sentences. Yeah. He's like trying to put as much as he can in as few of sentences as he can. Like he thinks it's a good thing. Like, I just want to go over the first sentence, (laughs) which is a doozy upon returning to Dylan comma, Mm -hmm. Tim finds his team locker empty comma, while Coach Taylor deals with Jason and offering him a coaching job, comma, comma. while, comma, <laughs> at the same time, comma, dealing with his <laughs> own job, not paying nearly as much as what he was getting the previous year. Woof. <laughs> you, there are two different subjects of that sentence, movie dude one. Do a sentence about Tim and then do at least one sentence about Coach. You could break that Coach uh sentence up into maybe two maybe three honestly uh you don't have to keep it to two i don't know uh, we got to give it a rating as a one. <laughs> oh yeah that's right. is, not only that but like what i'm guessing is a misspelling the end where it's like landry's dad near oh nears the truth i was thinking he meant to say here's the truth oh but he meant <laughs> to say nears he, the truth he's which is getting nearer to the truth bad just all yeah, around bad not great i mean he misspelled lila again mm-hmm. so that's right. to be expected at this point that's the least of the problems <laughs> in this synopsis all right movie dude one you get a one uh living up to your namesake at this point <laughs> yeah uh you better you better step it up um i feel like we we don't ask that much uh, we we kind of understand what's going on, but even by your own standards, this is a little rough. I just realized that in addition to this bookshelf, one of the things that's on this bookshelf is we're being overlooked by my Pete Rose autographed baseball. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that in Vegas? Am I remembering yeah. correctly? Yep. Pete Rose hit king. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How much does he charge for that? $150. Oh, geez. <laughs> but, but it's Pete Rose, man. Yeah. <laughs> a, like, he's literally the best hitter in ba- the history of baseball. Mm-hmm. B, 
he's technically like shunned from the sport. Like he literally right. lives in Vegas and just like makes money signing signing autographs and then goes and gambles it. Like he does Not that. Really. That's his life. Like he just takes a while. But like, I don't want to say this in a mean way, but like 30 years down the road, like that's probably gonna be worth some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess imagine like <laughs> I mean with a Babe Ruth autograph baseball, but minus, you know, X amount because of the controversy, or maybe plus because of the maybe plus, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, nice. I mean, he's a, a historically yeah amazing player. So some anyway. nice sports memorabilia for our sports adjacent TV show. And speaking of sports memorabilia, another thing that I've got on this. Oh uh, <laughs> Shaq, a, a DVD of Shaq Fu. No, this is uh, Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking Kazam, but yeah. yeah Sega no, Gen- Shaq Fu. Do you have a working Sega Genesis? I do, yeah. In our That's bedroom. awesome. I've also got uh, WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. Yeah, bro. And Madden 94. Nice. Those early Maddens, man. I others. spent a lot of time on those. Got NBA Live '95 and Street Fighter Two down here too, but I don't want to pull those out. <laughs> Street Fighter Two might be my most played game of all time. Interesting. I'm not even that good at it, but <clears throat> it was one that we had for Super Nintendo. So we also have my most played game down here, which is also far down the pile that I don't want to pull it out. But Tecmo Super Bowl, yes, which uh, I've spent probably more time playing that than any other. So good game. between the Sega Genesis and and NES versions. Top notch. All right. So we start off this episode with Jason and the crew heading home from Mexico. They're driving down the road, uh, making their triumphant return to Dylan, but not so triumphant. Jason is getting pretty introspective here. He's got a birthday coming up. He's going to turn 19. He says, turning 19 or going back to Dylan, 19 years old. What the hell am I doing with my life? (laughs) Jason says so he's kind of realized uh, I don't know I feel like okay I guess if you are paralyzed that's a pretty you're allowed to have like multiple turning points where you figure it out and turn the corner and then you probably have to figure it out again and turn the corner because I was going to say I feel like this is a, a turning point for Jason where he kind of realizes like okay my life as I knew it was over I need to move forward I need to not cling to who I was before Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've said that before, but that's okay. probably fair. Um, anyway, Jason gets real introspective about that and isn't, I mean, he, I think he knows he made the right decision by not going through with the surgery, but it's like, well, dang, now what? Right. Yeah. Uh, back at the Taylor house, Tammy is getting ready to go back to work. She's yeah. ended maternity leave. Uh, coach gets his check in the mail and it is, as he says in this scene, it's half of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Later on in the scene or later on in a later scene, I think they say it's like 67% or something like that. Or he, he it was cut by no, 30, 39%. He said 40%, but he said, Nope, it's actually 39 okay. <laughs> or 37 okay. or something. 37, like I think is what it was. So. Yeah. So not quite half. As he's getting concerned about this, Tammy's sister, Shelly shows up. Oh yeah, she does. The wild child of the yeah uh, of the two. I don't know what their maiden name is. So no, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that either. But yeah, she she's just basically leaving a, a wake of chaos uh, wherever she goes. <clears throat> and 
yeah, she shows up at the Taylor household. And initially, before she gets there, Tammy is kind of uh, bitching about her sister coming and she's yeah. going to be in her own world and all this. And she doesn't, she's not, she's kind of ticked off that she's showing up. But then Shelly shows up and Tammy is giddy. Yeah. Julie is giddy. They are pumped to have Shelly home. Nomination for quote of the week I got here. Uh, yeah. So Shelly compliments Tammy's uh, rear end and says, you can bounce a quarter off that. Yeah. Tammy goes to coach and said, honey, she said I could bounce a quarter off my ass. Coach responds, oh, well, yeah, you could bounce all kinds of things off of it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what coach was thinking there, but well, he, I think he agreed with Shelly. So, uh, yeah, Shelly's here and she is, yeah, she's shaking things up. She's gonna make a, a bit of an impact on the Taylor family. Oh, yes, as this, as this episode progresses. Yep. But meanwhile, at Garrity Motors, Buddy's hosting a hog wild sale. <laughs> you bet your boots he is. Uh, Maybe a sleazeball move of the week here, making Santiago chase a pig around <laughs> to promote his yeah. business. I don't even yeah. know like what the point of that was, except just pure entertainment. A was weird anything else? side attraction. I don't know what, what the point of it was. Yeah, I guess he, I don't know. Maybe it's something he holds annually. He calls it the hog wild sale. And he said, this year I'm going to get a, an actual <laughs> hog and, and Santiago is going to chase it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the time we spent some time chasing a hog. I was about ready to go there. I was going to ask if we could, if we should go there. <laughs> Are we going to go into it? Well, it's, we can. We can. All right. Uh, Why don't you kick us well, off? Well, in high school, Josh uh, routinely hosted a, uh, a small gathering of of gentlemen, <laughs> where we got together and we ate. Uh, a lot of meat, various, many different types. Yeah. Of all kinds. Yes. And uh, we called it meat stock. Yep. And meat stock five was approaching. <laughs> well, and we here, wanted to, let me, oh, let me lead up to meat stock five, by just going through the names yes. of all the various meat stocks. I still have my shirt somewhere in the bedroom. <laughs> yes. interrupt Andy. Uh, so the first one was just meat stock. Uh, we did have meat stock 1.5, the reunion, which was in Jordan Erickson's garage. And it was, like four people. So that barely counted. Meat stock two, bacon boogaloo was followed by meat stock three, jerky jamboree. Meat stock four, let's eat some more. And that brings us to meat stock five, no pig left alive. Same <laughs> meat stock five, hog wild. <laughs> that would have, yeah, that would have been great. But no, meat stock five, no pig left alive. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not sure. You might have to do more of the details than me because we somehow procured a pig. We I bought a hog with uh, with like a, a an hog. abscess or something, right? So we <laughs> yeah, got it for really cheap. Had some imperfections, but the meat was still good. Just couldn't go to market that way. And so the plan was, I think <laughs> I'll tell it as I remember it. <laughs> yes, I'm curious. I want to hear. I believe this. I believe the plan was that we had I think heard a rumor. <laughs> Or a uh, a tall tale, or maybe there's some truth to it that like if you leave a pig like in the wild, it'll like grow tusks and stuff, right? Like, wasn't this like kind of the rumor that we had understood? Yeah, that might have been part of it. That, like, 
we were going to leave this pig out in the wild, which was a terrible idea in, yeah. in all sorts of retrospect. Um, and then we were going to like hunt it down. <laughs> like, I guess Lord of Lord of the flies style. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then we were going to eat the pig. Yes. Um, the, things didn't exactly go that way. <laughs> they did not um, go that way in the slightest. No. Uh, I don't think we were ever trying to really like hunt the pig. Like it just, it felt very weird. It's just a bunch of dudes like dinking around. We got like a bunch of pictures and stuff, but this, yeah. I don't remember what exactly went wrong. But when I, when I, I when I think of your dad, I think of this moment <laughs> that like something happened with the pig and I would like, I think we, it like got, I think maybe we tried to shoot it and it was a bad okay. shot. And your dad like took it over and was like, ah. <laughs> so here's what happened. Yeah. I'll, I'll share the details because they're worth sharing because it's one of the most ridiculous like hours of my life, I feel like. <laughs> so all the guys get out there, out to the farm, Kuiper's farm there. And there's probably like, I don't know, 12, 12 or so dudes. Yeah. And we are, I can't remember what we were waiting for. But we had to wait for something. We had the we had the pig all loaded up in the horse trailer, and everybody was like dressed up in war paint. Yeah, and many of of us had like no shirt on. And yeah, stuff. shirt, a lot of shirt. This, this is this is in January. Yeah, it was very cold out. <laughs> so there's face paint, chest paint, uh, and everybody like just goes. We're gonna ride out to the to where we are gonna release the hog on a on a horse trailer. So everybody gets in the horse trailer with the pig. Sometime during the wait, the pig gets named. Uh, I believe his name was Wilbur. Uh, so we named the pig and we're waiting. And we kind of, you know, like it takes like 20 minutes. So we kind of form we're a attached. bond yeah. <laughs> to the pig a little bit. So we get up to the trees and in our minds, what's going to happen is we're going to like fling the door of the horse trailer open and this pig's just going to come tearing out and fly <laughs> into the trees and we're going to take off after it and hunt him down. Well, what happened was we flung the door open and the pig just stood there and looked at us. <laughs> and so then some guys get up in the trailer and try to push the pig out. Push does, The pig doesn't want to go out. Like we cannot push this pig out. So somebody gets like a rope on him and tries to pull him out. <laughs> The rope breaks. Rope's hanging around. I do not remember any of this. (laughs) Finally, finally, we get the pig out of the trailer and we kind of like try to push him towards the trees. He won't go. Finally, he takes off towards the trees, but there was a bunch of snow on the ground. And so he starts like climbing up a snowbank and then like falls through the icy crust and gets like eye centered and stuck in the snowbank. I don't remember any of this. Yeah. So he's stuck in the snowbank. So we literally have to dig him out of a snowbank. And by this time, everybody is freezing. So it's like, all right, let's just get this over with. Who's actually going to do this? And so cash, uh, was the one who was given the duty of taking the 22 <laughs> and dispatching the pig. That's where things are wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> My dad's like, all right, cash, make an X between his eyes and his ears and right where it crosses. That's where you, <laughs> that's where you want to put it. And cash like is literally like two feet away, like right in, up on this pig and poof, shoots him. And it goes through his like snout. It does yeah. not go through his brain. It goes through his snout. This is the thing that I remember is the squealing. <laughs> the worst sound I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, same. Like a thing of nightmares. 
And yeah, that at, then the gun jams, the the like, well, it was so cold that the gun like froze up. So then that's yeah, that's when my dad just like <laughs> grabbed the twenty two, ejected the shell, and <laughs> finished yeah. the the whole thing. So yeah, we butchered him and ate him, and it was del- freaking. Delicious. It was so delicious. <laughs> that pig tasted so good. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we grew up in South Dakota. <laughs> this mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much of that story will make it on. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, good luck, future Josh. We needed a, um, a Santiago uh, to round that pig up for us and just yes, we would have things would have gone much more smoothly had we had uh, Santiago with us, but unfortunately we didn't. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, coach God approaches damn. Buddy. <laughs> coach approaches Buddy at this hog wild sale and uh, confronts him about the low check. So they go inside and Buddy tells him that the salary's reduced by 37%. I did write it down. Yep. Buddy uh Buddy claims that the boosters were they're low on money, which seems unlikely to me. Well, I mean he explains that they had to basically pay off McGregor. Yeah, they had to pay him for they the had whole to pay season. his salary, pay him off to go, and then pay coach. So I think it's still few- seems like Dylan isn't hurting for like, I feel like they get a hold of fundraiser and oh, be like, yeah. listen, we got our Absolutely. coach Taylor back. Yeah. Our state championship um, winning coach. Let's have what? a fundraiser so we can pay him a fair amount, but buddy promises he'll fix it. Yep. It's another, uh, already two candidates for the buddy sleazeball move of the week. Yeah. Uh, I don't think coach has much faith in buddy to do so. And I don't think we do either, but, Buddy, I mean, say what you will about Buddy. He can get some stuff done under the table. So That's true. That's true. Uh, that sleaziness can come in handy. It can right. work for good. It, yes. Yes, it has its benefits. Um, we're over at practice. Tim, or in the locker room at least, Tim finally makes his return to the team. He missed one game. Is that right? I think two. I think he did miss two. And everybody's... Nobody's mad. What's up, Rick? Oh, yeah. Good to see you, man. Everybody's thrilled he's back. Nobody is upset that he missed two games. Yeah. Uh, Pretty ridiculous. Well, he missed one game under Coach Taylor and one game under uh, McGregor. Oh, McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Did he quit the team under McGregor? Anyway. Um, But he goes to his locker. He's going to get ready for practice. His locker has been cleaned out. There's nothing in there. Heads out to the field to talk to coach about it. And coach is like, you missed a week of practice. You're you're done. You're off the team. Which obviously is pretty devastating and distressing for Tim. It's kind of all yeah. Tim has at this point. So I've got a feeling that we're going to see the big beer tally really take off. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> With this. Uh, because what else does Tim do aside from play football? He drinks beer. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. I was mistaken when I said this is all Tim has. Uh, Tim also <laughs> has beer. <laughs> so, uh, Tammy and Glenn, we get a we get a little more Glenn. Uh, Glenn, kind of at his finest here. He has accumulated a list of situations for Tammy to handle once she gets back. So Yeah, we've got a surprise uh, award this week, the Glenn Sleazeball Move of the Week. It's oh. everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, right down to just his general sweatiness, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. He's uh, always looking just distressed. Yeah. So congrats to you, Glenn. Uh, your entire existence is our sleazeball move of the week. <laughs> um, so they're going through this list of things that he has basically put off and neglected and just decided to let Tammy handle. But coach comes in while they are, while they're talking to talk to Tammy about, or just to tell her that, you know, you talk to buddy that they're working on it, but coach gets a little jealous. Old Glenn here. Yeah. He kind of has a, who's that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, going on here? Who's very concerned about, yeah. Tammy talking to any other man aside from coach, which I, I don't feel like I would be worried about Tammy, but I would be worried about every other male in existence. That's true. My wife. That's true. Okay, so next we meet Lauren. Lauren stops Matt to say hey. Yeah. And she's yeah. like a cheerleader. She's new. Introduces herself very flirt. She introduces herself very flirtatiously. Yeah, she's on a mission here. And that mission sure. is Matt's body. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Matt kind of bumbles his way through the conversation. Major Goofus Malufus. He does mention that he noticed her. Uh, in kind of a, a goofus malufus kind of way. Yeah, he's trying to exercise some swag that he's learned from Smash, but <laughs> yeah. as usual, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't go over. And uh, but Smash does make the comment when Lauren walks away. Looks like all your Julie problems are about to be over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lauren just kind of comes out of nowhere here. We need something to to make Julie jealous. So we'll just introduce a new a new cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that purpose. So, yeah. Meanwhile, in the coach's office, uh, all the coaches are watching some game film. Buddy walks in and introduces Santiago. Uh-huh. Uh, thinks he could maybe be a good football player based on Santiago's pig catching skills <laughs> at the Hog Wild sale. He's fast, man. He's fast. He went after that pig. So we get a little montage of Santiago's tryout. We do get a little uh, music cue. Yes, we do. The hives, tick, uh-huh. tick, boom. Yeah. Uh, one of those bands, I was trying to think of what their single was um, because they there was, uh, I think of, of course, the uh, Weird Al. He did the, one of his polkas that was all those, the vines, <laughs> yeah. the hives, yeah. the strokes. Right. That was a good stuff. Um, all those bands. It was kind of the bit at the time that there was all these bands that were the something. And I yeah. think that the hives were the song that was like, do what I want because I can and I know because I want to. I think it yeah. was, that was the hives, right? Uh, I, I can't remember what it was. So. Yeah. Um, hate to say I told you so. Yep. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Of all those bands, the hives were my favorite. Of really of that era of like I don't even know how to describe them, but they all are so much yeah. the same. But yeah, I love the hives. I thought they were great. They were so I love this music cue. I was very excited uh, for the hives. But yeah. I did really dig that that song. Revisionist history, of course, tells me that the Strokes. Like I don't think I liked it last night that much because that was their big song, yep. the Strokes. But yep. they had a couple of singles down the line that I stuck with them. I can only name two songs by the Hives, and I wasn't even sure this one was by the Hives. <laughs> yeah, just- yeah, 
Yeah, no, the strokes were good. It's weird to me now to think that I had. I, I remember back then I lumped the White Stripes into. Yeah, I think they were kind of the, the an influence on those bands. I think they were on another Probably. level. Yeah, but yeah. I think yeah, they definitely separated themselves <laughs> from those bands eventually. For sure. Uh, but the the tryout with Santiago, I just to sum that up. Uh, at the end, coach tells him to go long. They're gonna have him catch a pass, and. <laughs> So Santiago goes it. long. Yeah, and he just force gumps it. He just keeps running <laughs> off the field. So didn't go real, real great. Uh, probably not as great as Buddy was hoping. Landry and Pa Clark have a little scene here. It's time for supper, but Landry doesn't want to eat. Uh, he's pretty bent out of shape about yeah, Tyra. He, he's lying in bed looking at his Motorola Razor uh, with... Uh, it's got Tyra as the background. Like she's, she, <laughs> Are you her, it's a p- picture of her as the wallpaper. Yeah. How did I miss that? Oh my gosh. That is my high school experience right there. The the girlfriend on the background <laughs> of the Motorola Razor. Can yeah. you get any more dead on for me? For my- I'm, I'm not 100% sure that it was a Razor. It was a Motorola phone. Yeah. You saw the screen for a few seconds. Um, it might have been a Crazer because I think that was a, <laughs> that around was a that. Thing. I think yeah. that was around that period. Yep. Um. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a razor or crazer because that was hot at that time. Absolutely, yeah, 2007. So yeah, but yeah, Landry says he's not hungry. Uh, pa Clark cries a little bit, and Landry admits that Tyra dumped him. Yeah, I feel like Pa Clark might be nearing the truth. <laughs> In the words of we do one, yeah. as uh, he nears the truth. Yeah, uh, Shelly. Once again, she's causing havoc in the Taylor household. She brought back a very revealing top for Julie. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we... hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you think that was a good idea for a 15-year-old girl? Yeah, like, you know... Your sister is Tammy Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> you know the man she married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, why you would even think about buying that top? Yikes. Um, but it is what everyone in Brazil is wearing. So. <laughs> right. Uh, however, they are not in Brazil, as Coach points out <laughs> to Julie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that kind of says what we need to say. Probably... We'll leave it at that for <laughs> describing what's going on there. But uh, Shelly wants to, like mentioned something about taking Julie to Costa Rica. Yeah, she was going to take Tammy, but Tammy is now uh, she got knocked up. She got knocked up. So, so she's going to take Julie to Costa Rica instead. Yeah. She also invites Tammy to a Dixie Chicks show, which yeah, sign me up. Yeah, they're I'll playing go. in Midland, which seems unlikely right yeah (laughs) yeah she wants tammy to go to dixie chicks and you can tell tammy's not like thrilled with shelly for throwing all these things out there but sorry i just want i'm just looking at midland is a hundred thousand people like of all i think if you're going on a tour and you're stopping in Mm -hmm. texas Right. You're probably hitting like Austin, Houston, Dallas, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty unlikely that they're going to be playing in Midland, but uh, Shelly wants to go. Tammy's not so sure about that. 
Okay. We get a scene with... T- Tammy's also, I just want to mention, is visibly concerned about Shelly's influence on Julie. Yeah, yeah. This She is not impressed with... That's Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, she's not impressed with what she's doing with Julie. She's not impressed with even, like, the thought of her thinking that Tammy could go to a Dixie Chicks concert in the middle of the week. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. As she was complaining to Coach before she arrived, she kind of said, like, Tammy's just going to be, or not Tammy, Shelly is just going to be in her own little world, you know, and that's kind of what's happening here. We get a scene with Coach and Jason. Um, Coach wants Jason to come back and coach for him, um, but I just want to point out, like, I don't think Jason's being completely forthright with Coach here because he lies to Coach's face right off the back, and he says, I saw Gracie. She's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Come Blade on, Jason. Lie. Come on, Jason. I don't know. I feel like everybody knows it, but nobody's willing to say it. And yeah. that's fine. You don't need to say it, but everybody's just straight up lying about it, though. So, anyway. yeah. Not a cute kid. Either they're lying about it or the writers of this show expect us to just completely suspend uh, disbelief. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, not, this is. It's not working. No. Anyway. I should. I haven't looked up who Baby Gracie was. I was gonna say. I wonder what she looks like now. What if she looks like Amy Teagarden? Although she, (laughs) yeah, probably not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, in in Friday Night Lights world, maybe she does. But right, right. (laughs) But Coach, uh, yeah, Coach wants Jason to come back, even though he's a liar. And Coach with him, Jason seems unsure at this point. but coach says he needs someone who knows him and who knows the team, someone he can trust. And at that point, Jason's he's back in. He's he's willing to give it another go with the Dillon Panthers. Landry back in the halls of Dillon High mm-hmm. sees Tyra flirting with another guy. Yep. Uh, pretty short scene, but he's visibly upset. We don't. I don't know who this guy is. We never see him again. No. I'm pretty sure. No. I can't but he's tell jealous. us. If Tyra is yeah doing this just to make him jealous, or if she's just a flirt, or what? But yeah, I'm not sure. But but Landry's upset about it. Lila, meanwhile, shows up at Tim's house. He's passed out on the couch. Yep. Two empty bottles on the table, one in hand. Yes. I counted this as three, even though the two are implied. I mean, one is in hand, so we're I we count for that sure for sure one. But- I I am good with counting the two on the table because I think it's pretty safe to say that he drank them. Yeah. It's not like it's a party and there's a bunch of people there and there's empty beers. So let's do it. So that's three. Mm-hmm. But then Tim gets up and cracks another beer. Yep. Yep. He, he gets up off the couch. He had the chemistry book laying on his yeah. chest. He fell so asleep getting drunk studying. and studying. Yeah. <laughs> chemistry uh but yeah then he promptly cracks another one at 3 p.m in the afternoon. i've never done that there there was times that like uh in college especially well because I, I didn't drink in high school because i was a nerd but um <laughs> like there's times in college where i was just like all right if i have this beer like that's it i can't study anymore like i'm <laughs> calling this i'm not <laughs> nothing's gonna stick so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nice. yeah, good strategy there. <laughs> uh, so that is a total of four so far for the episode, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. 
Uh, Lila wants Tim to help Santiago learn how to play football. And Tim's basically like, why would I do that? <laughs> and Lila's like, well, why would someone drive down to Mexico, get a call and drive down to Mexico? And Tim points out that like, uh, that was life or death. This isn't life or death. Nope. Not doing it. Yeah. Back at school, coach meets with, or what I imagine a school coach meets with buddy. And I couldn't tell if this person was like the principal or a superintendent. Yeah. I just put some sort of administrator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they're meeting to, they offer coach the uh, athletic director job. In addition to the coaching job Mm -hmm. uh, to make up the reduced, reduced salary. Yeah. Uh, this administrative person and buddy assure him that it's mostly a symbolic title. <laughs> right. Coach is suspicious, but ends up accepting. Yeah. Um, I do want to have a, a quick sidebar that won't get edited out. Okay. Or maybe it will, but I, I, w- I think it's more relevant to the episode than some of the sidebars <laughs> we've had yeah. here, to, here tonight. So, how much do you think coach makes? Hmm. Like, or how much he made in, in his first season last season, because so his salary is reduced by 37%, right? Yeah. Shelly sees his check. Cause he's it's out. And she says, I make this much like teaching preschool or something. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much you can make for teaching preschool in Texas. <laughs> right. But I know that like Angie taught at a college level in South Dakota and like I'm pretty sure like never made like 40k even. Mhm. So <clears throat> All right. Here's what I think. And I just did some math. Mhm. My initial guess for a high school football coach in West Texas. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume, and he's only the high school football, well, prior to this, right. he's only the high school football coach. But I'm going to assume in West Texas, high school football coaches get compensated pretty decently. Yeah. So, the first number that popped into my head, which felt a little high, but I'll just say it. I said, I could see him making 60000 Yeah. I think that's completely reasonable. Okay, but based on if she's getting paid, if she says that's what I make as a preschool teacher or whatever, if I had to guess that, I'd guess, especially in 2007, 35000 So if that is approximately two-thirds, if his pay was reduced by 37%, I just made it easy. And yeah, oh. Here's what I got. I did. I did sixty-seven percent of sixty k. Oh, perfect. Yeah, is about thirty-eight thousand. Yep. So I think we're right on base there. Um. So I came up with, based on that, if you put that out, I came up with um, fifty-five is what I ended up with. I, I, think, I think is what he was making. I think that's yeah. Uh, I didn't even think to adjust for inflation. No. Yeah. Um. For the last thirteen years or whatever it is. So. <laughs> right. I think. Yeah. I think, especially because he's a, high, yeah, high school football coach, head coach in Texas. Yep. Just won a state championship. 
Yep. So I think that's yeah, fifty-five to sixty k. I think is pretty reasonable yeah, to yeah. to assume. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good. I'm glad we did the math there. That was yeah, good. Me too. <clears throat> All right. So the only yeah the only way he's gonna be able to make up and not quite make up the the gap between what he was and what he is is to take on the administrator role. So yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. The Riggins Which boys. I, I oh. kind of feel bad for the administ uh, the athletic director role. Uh, whoever was, um, <laughs> whoever was working that job before, because they said this will almost get you to what you were making before. Ooh, so. Let's do that math. Well, I mean, presumably that wasn't this, that person's only job as well. Maybe it was another combo position. I hope. But that's $20,000 a year. That is. Yeah, that's tough because that's, that's too much to be like just a little add on role, but it's definitely not enough for a full time role. No, (laughs) that is not a living wage. I'm pretty sure like you can make that at McDonald's in 2020. Yeah, but <laughs> yikes! <laughs> that's probably why well, they didn't have that position filled anymore. I got to think about. Yeah, that's like South Dakota minimum wage. I'm pretty sure you can make 20k working full time. Yeah. All right. So the Riggins boys, they're in Tammy's office for a meeting. They got to talk about you know Tim missing class for a good week or more, whatever that was. And while they wait for Tammy, they are. Examining Tammy's breast pump. Uh, yeah. They have a nice little conversation. Uh, educating each other. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's explaining what it is. Uh, I don't know if you wrote down this quote, but uh, Billy explaining what a breast pump is to Tim says, it squeezes milk out of a lady's udders. <laughs> so that's, that's some Billy Riggins life lessons for you there. Yeah, if I'm Bo's mom, how could I not? Uh, <laughs> Irresistible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tim's educational situation is not good due to his sojourn, as Tammy put it. Um, and But Billy, <laughs> Billy assures um, Mrs. Taylor that he's going to be squeezing his testicles until he's bleeding term papers. Uh, another <laughs> quote submission for Billy Riggins. He's he's really into squeezing things right now. <laughs> Back at the police station, Pa Clark learns that the vehicle description or that there was fabric from a vehicle mm-hmm. caught in the zipper of the man that was killed by Landry. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of narrowed it down to what vehicle this particular fabric would have come from. Yeah. And Lynn Pa Clark's reaction, he kind of has, Oh, like, I think he realizes in that moment mm-hmm. what's, what's going His on. His suspicions have basically been confirmed. Um, cut to Landry driving his old ass car down the road. That was, they said <laughs> yeah. it was a car manufactured between 74 and 78. And just in case we had forgotten, they showed Landry driving Landry. his old station wagon. And uh, not only it was a GM station wagon, it GM. wasn't just vehicles established no, in those no. years. It was a GM <laughs> station wagon. So my question is, does a small town police department have the forensic ability 
to identify upholstery fibers in a man, stuck in a man's coat jacket that has been underwater for, you know, however long as a car, a GM wagon manufactured between 74 and 78. Could they do that? I've got to imagine no. Uh, I think even with a, well, only because of the deceased's connection to Tyra, they could probably narrow it. They could probably figure it out because they could narrow his connection down to Tyra, which they already know about. They could narrow down Tyra's connection to Landry. And there you have it. Right. So I I think they could figure that out. I mean, Pa Clark figured it out real fast. So I think yeah. they, uh, they as a, a police force could figure it out. But I think if there wasn't that connection, like if that guy hadn't attacked Tyra before, if that, yeah, you know, if maybe he just like uh, made really like concerning comments to her, right. and then you know the the attempt came later. Yeah, they couldn't. I don't think they could have narrowed it down. But yeah, no, I I think I think they could still get to Landry. I'm just questioning whether they'd be able to tell that those whether those fibers came mm. from that car. I went the wrong direction with it. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> the answer, to, the answer to your actual question is no. Where's the database for the upholstery fibers of cars yeah. that you can just like look up this random thread you found and, oh, yeah, this is from this certain car. Yeah, there's That no database way. doesn't exist. I yeah, I don't think even like the FBI. <laughs> I don't think out. so. Like, I don't know. But. So anyway, uh, Landry is in deep crap. Though, yes, at this point, yeah. we got uh, a, a short practice scene. The offensive line is bad without Tim Riggins on it. It's basically the point. <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Also, that Jason is a good coach. I feel like they they mm. go out of their way to point that out. He's he's good at what he does, but yeah, Smash is getting his butt kicked without Tim lead blocking for him. So. Uh, we see Coach back in his office. He is already having a heck of a time with his new role as athletic director. He's arguing with some company about an invoice for something. I don't know if you remember what it was, but I don't. Yeah. Anyway, he's arguing with a company. They didn't receive the equipment that they ordered. Yeah. And Smash comes in and he's very concerned that he's going to get eaten alive without Tim there. And is it really worth throwing their season away? Uh, to teach Tim a lesson or whatever. To which coach replies, Tim threw his season away. Are you throwing your season away? I'm not throwing my season away. Are you throwing your season away? So he's not really hearing that from Smash. Smash, meanwhile, turns up to turns up at uh, the Riggins household and invites him to dinner at the at the Smash household. Are you asking me on a date, Williams? That's Tim's response. All right. So Julie goes to see Matt at the Dairy Queen of Mofries. You noticed, you pointed out, they're they're phoning it in on this whole Dairy Queen Alamo Freeze thing. Yeah. They have the, the blank blizzard machine. Uh, in the Alamo Freeze. Right. It's like the Dairy Queen logo, but they have... <laughs> just read it out. Yeah, yeah read it out read. the DQ. But uh, it, it's still a blizzard, which is definitely a trademarked 
uh, trademarked yeah. <laughs> food item. But what do you what do you do? <laughs> right. So Julie apologizes to Matt, and I do feel like it is very heartfelt. It is very genuine. It's very likable as far as the hatometer goes. Uh, I, I feel yeah. like I see a real, a real honest, authentic Julie moment here. Yeah. She says, you know, Matt was right. You know, what I did was wrong. Genuinely apologizes. I, um, Angie had a, Angie still isn't convinced, which I can understand <laughs> uh-huh. that, that Julie's terrible. So she had a real, like, when do I start hating her? Uh, moment <laughs> and I was like just see the Swede but <laughs> yeah that's a pretty hateable stretch Angie uh, I don't know what you're watching maybe she's really into shaky graves or girl whatever that guy is yeah. <laughs> that's not the name of the band what is it yeah shaky graves I think it's called shaky oh, it graves okay yeah alright <laughs> uh, yeah so Matt I feel like simultaneously seems like touched at the honesty and authenticity, but at the same time, like he's pretty pissed still. He's not really having it. Yeah. I definitely understand. Yeah. What he's going through because he he definitely like on one hand wants to forgive her, but on the other hand is like F you for putting me through that. Like I definitely get both of those sides. Yep. Yep. So I feel like that's definitely a step forward for them uh, in the grand scheme of things because you're not going to get, you're not going to move forward unless you at least get to that point of honesty mm-hmm. and owning up to <laughs> what happened. But they're not in a good place by any means. No. Not at all. <laughs> Jason goes to see Lila at church. Uh, yeah. Shows up at Lila's mega church. Yeah. He. <laughs> All the pastors in this show are borderline creepy. There's a creepy, very brief, but creepy interaction between Lila and the pastor. I don't even yeah. remember what was said. I just remember being like, I don't like that either. Yeah. Um, but Jason, yeah, wants to talk to Lila. Ever notice how nothing ever changes in this town? No one ever changes. I'm stuck. And Lila attempts to evangelize <laughs> at this point. Jason's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> don't want to talk to God. Um, but he does. I mean, he says, you're the one person that's managed to change. Like, I, how did you do it? Uh, <laughs> and Lila just says, you just do it. Yeah. Like, great, Lila. Lila and, is... Oh man, so bad at picking her spots. I mean, two <sighs> times in this moment, like that she tries to evangelize, which like clearly was not the right time. And then she just tries the you just do it like uh that's not helpful. Lila. <laughs> Lila, Lila, Lila. Yeah, I don't know. She's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they discuss Jason's upcoming birthday party. Uh, and, and yeah, Street talks about feeling stuck in Dylan. Yep, that's his, that's his thing. He's turning 19 and he's still in Dylan, clinging to his past. Tim was over at the Smash House, the Smashes for supper. <laughs> um, 
Smash is urging him to, you know, like fight to get back on the team to really make an effort. <laughs> he has a line. I don't remember why he says it, but he says, we're different. Me, I'm the smash. I'm throwed. I'm prime time 24-7. <laughs> what does I'm throwed mean? I don't know. I've never I heard that, that might one. be one that was lost to 2007. I think yeah. that was maybe, uh, <laughs> I, we, I, I was just thinking about this the other day about there's an episode, I think in season eight or nine of Kerber enthusiasm uh-huh. where Larry's talking to Leon and Leon, um, Larry's like, what are you doing? And Leon's like, I'm just lamping. And <laughs> Leon describes what lamping is. And I remember lamping, uh, yeah. I remember lamping being a term, but it's one of those terms that's, very lost to the time. Like people don't say lamping anymore. Uh, I think this is uh, maybe comparable to I'm yeah. the road. I don't know. Uh, I was just going to compare it to glizzies as we've referenced before, but I feel like if you hear glizzies again, you will remember what that was yeah. about. Like, yeah, for some reason that was hot dogs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there was a time in 2020 when everybody was stuck inside and they decided to start calling hot dogs glizzies. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Smash is really working on him uh, to get back to the team and <laughs> is makes some comment about not being thrilled about the way Tim is flirting with Mama Smash or yeah, something like yeah. that. He would love to have some of her pie, he assures yeah. her. Yeah, you hit on my mom, you flirt with my mom, I don't know what the term is. Yeah, it's <laughs> good stuff. Tim turns on that Riggins charm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, it's very effective with older women. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Pa Clark, uh, meanwhile, is ready to go ahead and commit a felony and destroy some evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Shows up, uh, presents, reveals the evidence that has led him to Landry. Landry comes clean. Yeah. Pa Clark says, we're going for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And he basically you know, points out this is the only thing that they have to go on is the upholstery fibers, which is maybe the only like hard physical evidence they have. But I feel like even without that, Landry still remains a suspect. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. There's, I, mean, I think Tyra is Tyra's yeah, definitely for sure. And knowing that they've been hanging out, I mean, yeah, I think the connection is absolutely yeah. Made. But this is the this is the one thing where they're going to be able to for sure uh, eventually pin it onto Landry or very likely. So Landry breaks down, comes clean. They're going for a ride. We see Jason's birthday party. They're watching game film from back when Jason was playing. I've got a a good. Both buddy, uh, simultaneous Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week and quote of the week. It's so buddy. bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, this how- this literally pissed me off. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me, buddy?" Go they're talking. They're talking about how good of a player Jason was, and Buddy says, "Could have been a dynasty kid, and then Lila would have been rich." <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lila is like. Dad, (laughs) and it's not like, I mean, even if it was a joke, it would be a joke in very poor taste. I think Buddy was like serious though. Could have been a dynasty. Lila could have been rich. Like (laughs) this is I I gotta say, 
I want to cut this, so I'll cut it right here. <laughs> um, I uh, saying in that like that, I have a problem, or I had a problem. I'm not as bad as I was, but I had a real issue for a while there, where I my one of my biggest flaws that I, I have worked on is uh-huh. that um, I like if I found a joke, I was like, I gotta use this joke, no matter how uncomfortable it's gonna make somebody else. And that's kind of remind me of this. Um, the prime example is um, uh, back in 2014, Hobo Day. I had a real rough day. Um, got very, very drunk. Because, you know, you drank all day. Yeah. And um, there's this girl my friend Emily was trying to set me up with. This girl that I worked in Okaboji, Emily. And she was trying to set me up with her friend Paige. And Paige was like 19. And I was like, 26 okay. um and Paige is super cool she Paige is actually like one of my best friends now yeah or one of uh, she's not one of my best friends but she's a very close friend now to this uh-huh. day she's also uh well we'll get into that but um so i get super drunk i black out okay. and i've got like bits and pieces I remember like that i like came to in an alleyway with Paige. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, you know, making out and yeah. you know, all over each other and like was drunk to the point where I was like, I don't know where I am. I was like, I'm with this 19 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like calling Emily because she was our mutual friend. And I was like, hey, I'm in an alleyway. I don't know where I am. Like, please come get us. And like they did. They came in and found us and and uh, took us home and. So a year later, Paige and I are coworkers. We're both working at the same restaurant and we're bartending our boss's wedding, which was a shit show. I got super oh drunk while bartending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I couldn't help myself. I was like, I was like, Paige, homo day coming up. I'll meet you at the alleyway behind Skinner's. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, extra time. And like she was genuinely pissed at me, which she had the right to be. I had no no <laughs> making that joke but i think my tweet just came out. i tweeted about it how like i like just couldn't waste the joke because i thought it was like but i'm also like a very like things are only weird if you make it weird uh kind of person so <laughs> yeah, it's like you might as well laugh about shit because yeah uh, absolutely but anyway Paige is currently living in san francisco and is a lesbian she's got a girlfriend so oh well there you go <laughs> it wasn't me who turned her gay i'm pretty sure but. Uh, okay <laughs> say so Dang. Or I will say, well, and we didn't even, we didn't have sex or anything. But had we, I wasn't the last man that she was with. So <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been a cumulative effect, but it wasn't you directly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I might have been part of it, but. <laughs> man. Um, but that's what it reminded me of that buddy quote. Of, yeah. <laughs> could have been a dynasty kid. Then <laughs> Lila would have been rich. Yeah. <laughs> just couldn't help himself and i i can relate you to can that. relate to that yeah i can relate to to not being able to help yourself when it comes to uh maybe making an inappropriate joke here and there at, <laughs> and even though people are going to be around and they're going to be upset about that joke so yeah uh, lila of course not thrilled <laughs> she gives it <laughs> dad yeah and i think like buddy doesn't he like kind of defend himself a little bit like he's like well it's true yeah, or maybe maybe Jason even steps in. And oh, really? Like I I don't know. I, don't I, was, I was just so appalled and offended at the at this point that <laughs> I don't remember the reaction. 
Yeah. Woof. I just wrote down Lila's not thrilled about this statement, but I think somebody like I don't know if it was him or if it was Jason, but one of them kind of defends what said, but <laughs> yeah. But yeesh all around. Yeesh. Yeah. Yikes. Uh Matt and Lauren are hitting it off at the party, getting pretty getting pretty close. Uh Julie sees this. Now Jason did uh say earlier in the episode that his mom invited everyone that he knows to this party, which makes sense because I'm not sure why all of these particular people would be at Jason yeah. Street's party. Um but Julie's there, Matt and Lauren are there. Julie sees Matt and Lauren uh getting close. Matt in a very uncharacteristically forward, this is the new Matt Saracen we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he initiates the a little smash, smash molded. <laughs> yeah. The smash Saracen we'll call him. Uh, Matt initiates some, some kissing with Lauren at the party. Julie sees it. Not doesn't go great. <laughs> Julie's not very happy about that. She leaves with Tyra, asks Tyra to take her home. Uh, as they go out, they happen to see Matt and Lauren making out in the car. Yeah, Julie just happens to to catch it as um, as she's walking out with Tyra. Yeah, sorry, I had a text from Lindsay. Sorry, right. our kid's not sleeping very well these days. So, Benny Kenny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe kind of as the party's wrapping up, maybe Jason lets coach know he's quitting the team. Yeah. He officially quits uh, coaching, um, citing his feelings of being struck. Yeah. Everybody's kind of leaving the party and he stops coach on the way out, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's got to move on from the old Jason he he doesn't want to hang on to that football jason anymore and coach taylor has a has a quote here or a kind of a interaction between the two of them coach says coaches and players they learn from each other it goes both ways you lift up everyone around you it's a powerful gift to earn i hope i didn't let you down jason says no coach he didn't let me down and then coach kind of refers to all of Jason's game film that he gifted the team and says, this I'll hold on to until you come to pick it up. So coach, uh, coach is okay with it, but he knows Jason and yeah, kind of implies that he thinks he'll, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of who he is. And, but he gives him some, some grace and some leeway there. Meanwhile, Landry and Pa out at the gravel pit, uh, soaking their wagon in gas and lighting her up. Do you think this is the same gravel pit where uh, Billy and Mindy had their party? <laughs> or Billy and Tyra? Billy and Tyra. Yeah, I guess it very well could be, couldn't it? <laughs> Just a thought that, that I had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Pa Clark. Oh, I lost my headphones. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Pa Clark feeling very guilty about this. (laughs) And as the car goes up in flames, (laughs) praise the prayer. Dear God, forgive us for this. (laughs) Forgive us. Yeah. Um, the next day, the soccer coach 
comes in to uh, confront the newly minted athletic director, Coach Eric Taylor, <laughs> yep. about needing new soccer balls. She says, hey, you know what this is? This is a flat soccer ball. She shows it to him. Says how many how many balls do, does the football team have? How many of them are flat? Zero. They have twenty six balls. Zero of them are flat. Some along those lines. Um, yeah. But she says I'm going to come in here and I'm going to bother you every day um, until you know the soccer team gets appropriate funding, etc. Yeah. That all has got that that new <laughs> responsibility on his plate. Yeah. Uh. Old Bobby Roberts, she seems like she's a real handful. <laughs> real spitfire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mac McGill thinks it's pretty funny. Says, I hope they're paying you a lot of money. Yeah. Coach simply responds, I'm going to kill Buddy. I'm going <laughs> to kill him. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole athletic director thing is not going too well yet. Uh, Shelly is trying to get Tammy to drink some wine back at the Taylor household and kind of makes Tammy mad again because, you know, she's nursing and she can't do that. And I don't really remember how they get to this point, but Shelly makes the comment, just because you live in Dillon doesn't mean you have to stop thinking. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, Tammy says she has to breastfeed so she can't drink wine. And they kind of have a back and forth. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the uh, what the point is, but yeah, kind of gives accuses her of having a small town, closed minded mindset. And Tammy kind of has a small breakdown. Yeah, she does. She she comes to the realization that she's got sixteen years of child rearing ahead of her, and then <laughs> Gracie's just going to turn into Julie and yeah, be mean, mean to her. To her. <laughs> So she has that little breakdown. She accepts the glass of wine and they have a nice little sisterly moment. Shelly kind of, what is Shelly? Shelly has a self-aware moment too. I don't remember exactly what that was about though. I don't remember either. It's just some sort of meaningless life, right? (laughs) Something like that. Okay. So in the next scene, Tim happens to be hanging out at the football field. Drinking a beer in the stands, <laughs> watching the empty field at, and like, I had a hard time determining what time of day it was. <laughs> I don't know. It was either like dawn or dusk. I hope it was dusk. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I don't know. I didn't even notice he was drinking a beer. So yeah. I missed that. I missed that one on the beer tally. Yeah. yeah he's drinking a beer in the stands. And Santiago shows up and is just doing some practicing by himself on the the sleds. Yep. He is he's struggling pretty hard with the, the tackling dummy. And so Tim kind of goes over, asks him if he wants help or whatever. But he <laughs> he asks him straight up, Can I ask you something? Are you in any way, shape, or form trying to screw Lila Garrity? And Santiago assures him that no, she's just a friend, man. So Tim Tim uh, starts to give Santiago some pointers on how to make a good hit without breaking your neck. And then Smash and Matt happen to walk by. Just happen to be there. So maybe it's like after right practice. after practice or but then why would Santiago just be hanging out uh like 
at, like at like <laughs> well we got to imagine it's like five thirty six o'clock i i mean i don't think he's got a lot of other things going on outside right. of school that's so true i don't know I don't but know. yeah this is but, a weird scene but smash and matt do happen to just be maybe it's a weekend by. why would know. they be there then no i do i do feel like they were leaving practice matt and smash like had cleaned up after practice okay they're leaving together so they they join in kind of the little educational session that they're having to run a few plays. Yep. And coach walks by, it's gotta be after practice because coach is also walking by leaving and coach sees it happening, sees Santiago, uh, Santiago. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Woof. I live in Northwest Iowa. Somebody, I was going to say somebody's Iowa. No, I was, I was, I was actually very proud today because I ate at the, at Los Tulipanes, the Mexican restaurant here. Yes, it is named Los Tulipanes. And, uh, I ordered my food and when I did that, I could see the waiter kind of look at me and then he started speaking in Spanish to me because I pronounced it so well. So I was actually proud of that, but yeah, not proud of Santiago. So coach, he's at happening. He invites Santiago to practice uh, the next day. And Tim thinks maybe he's gotten back into coach's good graces. Coach says, not even close. Not even close. Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we end for this episode. And we will be right back to talk about some of our characters. All right, we're back. Uh, I got to say, it's down to 22 degrees outside. <laughs> I just brought out a space heater during the break, yeah. uh, put on a parka, but we're going to push through. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what your options are once it gets actually cold. Like by the time <laughs> the, know. the listeners are hearing this. I'm going to have to like <laughs> drive back over to work and record in my empty office in the middle of the night or something. Yeah. We're going to we're going to press on for now. We're going to talk about some of our characters here. Uh I don't know. I th- this episode started off with with Jason. So, yeah, we're I feel like once again, like I said, Jason's at a little bit of a turning point here. What do we think about what's going on in Jason's life? Yeah, Jason's definitely at a turning point. I think he is uh reaching that point that a lot of us reach, uh especially growing up in smaller communities where Mm -hmm. um and especially given his circumstances that he is a former football star he doesn't want to see himself you know on the stage in 20 years uh here in the broadcast while buddy garrity lip syncs it (laughs) yeah uh talking about you know his 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 former glory Mm -hmm. so he wants to get out he wants to figure something else out though the quad rugby thing uh, I guess he's giving up on it forever because it didn't work out <laughs> in the first six months that he yeah, tried it. He didn't immediately the make the national team. <laughs> yeah. Do we never but, see Herc again? I don't think, I don't know that we ever do. Is but, he just done with quad rugby? I didn't even, I hadn't thought about this yet. 
it's been a long time since I've watched the last three seasons, so I, I can't confirm or deny it, but I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know how you would go into the house flipping real estate business and manage quad rugby <laughs> at the same time. So we're getting out of ourselves. We're getting out of ourselves. <laughs> a little, little preview there for later seasons, but, but yeah, Jason's not very, not very happy with the trajectory that he is currently on, or at least was current was on. Yeah. And so he, he wants to head in a different direction. So not really sure where that's going to take him yet, but we shall find out. He is we'll pretty determined it. not to continue trying to live into his former self of uh, being pretty football centric. So yeah. he is preemptively just trying not to be a washed up uh, former QB one of the Dylan Panthers in his hometown. Cause he knows that those NFL dreams are, are not happening so he he sees his life in the future being just uh washed and not uh yeah having a a fulfilling life or at least the way that he he would see it so he's he's doing a lot of thinking and let me ask you this Mm -hmm. so neither one of us like live in like some big huge exciting city or anything but We've moved, we've moved on from our hometown, which we both love, but, you know, it has its <laughs> ups and downs. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a good place to be from, I'll, I always say. Yes, great place to be from, <laughs> absolutely. If you were still there, how do you think you would feel? How do you think you would reconcile, yeah, that trajectory of your of your life. How would you deal with that? I don't know. Like this is what Jason's facing. And I was like putting myself in that position. Well, it's, it isn't, but it isn't because I was still living there when I was 19. So yeah, I can relate right. to that. Yeah. Um, if I was still living there now at 32, I mean, given, I mean, let's say I made no progress from, <laughs> from 19 to 32. I, I don't know. I don't want to think about that. That's too yeah. depressing. Um, yeah, but if I were to like theoretically like move back now for whatever reason, like like financial times are tough or tough yeah. or something. Yep. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know that I. <laughs> You'd be feeling like Jason. Yeah. Except for that, I I wasn't a football star, so I didn't. I don't have that uh, right. universal love. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I've just thought about it lately. Yeah, like just with stuff that I've got that has gone on with my family in the past couple of years, I you know I've mm-hmm. I've thought like, eh, you know, what if we did need to move back and take care of family, or mm-hmm. with the pandemic and stuff, not especially at the beginning, like not knowing what was going to happen, like, eh, what if I lose my job, right. <laughs> you know, and I need to just go back and work on the farm for a while, yeah. what would we do? And I don't know, I think I'm kind of at a place in life where I I can be. I can, I think I can find purpose and meaning wherever I'm at. Um, And I can, you know, appreciate, I I could appreciate raising kids in Platt. I don't know if I could appreciate raising non-white kids in Platt. Right. (laughs) I I don't know. It's something that Angie and I talk about a lot because she doesn't, well, not about ever moving back to Platt, but um, 
but I, I think the point that you bring up, like, I think growing up in Platt, maybe, and also like being raised by a single mother and et cetera, I think gave me an appreciation where like, I'm to a point where I think I could be happy just about anywhere. And I, yeah. I feel like I could be fulfilled just about anywhere. Yeah. And like, we're kind of, Oh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> we kind of have reached a point where we're, we're kind of like, we probably don't want to live in Brookings much longer. Like, where do we want to go? And yeah. And part of my thing is like, I would prefer to be within a day's drive of family. Like I'll right. go wherever makes you happy because mm-hmm. I can be, probably happy anywhere yeah um but but yeah i i I think i'm in the same boat as you as like i i feel like i could feel happy and fulfilled anywhere and we don't have any children but if we were to have any children like and like because i could theoretically like do my current job from platt oh yeah wouldn't want to but like (laughs) yeah you know like if i were to end up there and like if I were to raise kids somewhere, like that would be a place that I wouldn't be too bummed about doing it. If Angie and I were to have like a biological child, he would probably come out darker than both of us. <laughs> yeah. Angie's, Angie's right. half hunter and, and the kid yeah. would be a quarter hunter and then probably be darker than both of us. But <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it's, it is something like we've, we've put a lot of thought into because we're yeah. trying to where we want to go next because mm-hmm. we probably won't be in Brookings, um, you know, like three years down the road, we'll say. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm at a window now where that like wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it was necessary. Whereas when I was, yeah, Jason, Jason's age, 19 to 28 probably <laughs> you know that would have been a disaster and right. a complete failure of a life if that's what where i ended up so i don't For know sure. it was just yeah i just got me thinking a lot no it is that. interesting thought experiment because i i mean especially before i started dating angie i had a lot of those thoughts of like i mean because i just graduated technically like two months ago <laughs> right <laughs> so like yeah I had those thoughts of like, oh, what if, I mean, with Angie, like having to close her business even. Mm-hmm. And we live in probably the most expensive apartment complex in Brookings. Like for sure oh, the yeah. nicest. Like the only one with a gym and a pool for sure. Really? Yeah. So like we've had those thoughts. Angie's probably going to start working for my company, like at least part-time oh, yeah. just to make a little extra money. Mm-hmm. So like we've had those, I or we haven't had those thoughts together, but I've had those thoughts of like if something went really, really wrong, you know, yeah, like that's a place that I could technically go. I wouldn't want to, <laughs> right? But like it's an option. Like I've got friends there, I've got family there, but like yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> anyway, not yeah. preferable, but doable. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, so that's Jason. <laughs> Uh, in a tough spot for sure. How about Landry? Landry's probably another big plot. <laughs> Landry's in an even tougher spot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's still in Dylan as well, but he's got murder added to his yeah, plate. So he killed a man, uh, and he's not the attorney general of a state, so <laughs> he's going to be in some real trouble. The attorney general of a wild west state like South Dakota, <laughs> where you can just you get away with it, and it's fine. 
two of them have done it. <laughs> At least that we know of. If you're not from South Dakota, just go ahead and, and uh, look up Mr. Bill Janklo. We've talked about Bill before <laughs> on this we? podcast. Yeah, okay. yeah. That doesn't surprise. I don't remember it, yeah. but that doesn't surprise me. Uh, the episodes that we recorded in Angie's house that I would. Are Angie's oh, yeah. House. Yeah. I, yeah, and yeah. I know yeah. we talked about yeah. Wild Bill. But. And uh, yeah, just go ahead. I'm assuming even if this comes out in a couple months, the whole Attorney General of South Dakota thing will still yeah. be in the news. So. Well, it'll either be in the news which is probably better than it not being in the news because that means it got covered up, which is, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm furious about if if it did, if it isn't in the news (laughs) uh, and, and, or he isn't in jail because he killed a human being. Definitely killed a human being. Even if you do that accidentally, that is, uh, that's still a crime. They call it manslaughter. They, there still should be some major consequences for that. So, yep. Okay, uh, so Landry is potentially facing some consequences here, but uh, his dad, the deputy sheriff, I don't know what he is. He's a he, cop. His, his, his <laughs> he's dad, a law, the law enforcement officer. officer. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's going to do his darndest to make sure Landry doesn't face those consequences, much like the Attorney General of South Dakota. So, a lot of parallels here. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so. In this case, uh, Pa Clark is Christy Nome and <laughs> Landry is Jason Roundsburg. Yeah. Topical. <laughs> uh, so Matt Saracen, we're seeing a we're seeing a new and I, I was gonna say new and improved. I don't know, that's debatable. Uh we're seeing a new I, version of Matt. I would argue improved because he's getting that confidence. He's getting out of goofus malufus mode. He is picking his spots and making his moves. Yeah. And we'll see that even more next episode, but I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's still a goofus malufus, but he's oh, able he to like move somehow, like cover that up and yeah. move past it a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, Matt is just going ahead and, Kissing girls and not giving a dang. Yeah, he is um, learning from Smash. He's getting that that yeah. master class from Smash. Right. Smash so we, Saracen. We love to see it. He is. Um, he gets the apology from Julie, and you know takes into consideration, but he is not ready to to forgive her yet. And honestly. Uh, if I'm Matt Saracen in that situation, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm turning down Julie Taylor. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'm turning down that apology, even given uh, the um circumstances. Yeah, Julie Taylor, Matt, I'm showing a lot of self restraint here, uh, sticking to his guns. So 1000%. Like I said, if I'm, if I'm Matt Saracen in that situation, I'm saying <laughs> let's, let's get this thing back on track. Let's, let's do it. And Matt yeah. says, oh, no, no, but I'm not Matt Saracen. And I don't have, <laughs> right. You don't, you don't have the options that QB one has. Yeah. I don't have Lauren flirting with me in the halls. I don't have Carlota at home. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't have those options. So, 
I don't know. I uh, I got to give it to Matt for showing that restraint because he's saying not only I got three options right now because he knows the ball's in his court. Because if he calls up Julie Taylor tomorrow and says this thing's back on, it's yeah. back on. It's yeah. But it's, he's got Lauren on the back burner. He's got Carlota at home. She's just waiting in the wings, basically. So realistically, um. I think he he's I'm not going to say he's making the right choice, but I will say that he is making the choice that I would probably make. <laughs> there you go. There you have it, folks. Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins <laughs> is in a rough spot here. Tim's going through it. Yeah, he's off the team. Tim is drinking and studying chemistry, passing out drunk <laughs> with his chemistry book on his on his chest. He's off the team. The team is really all he has. Yeah, he's he's going through it. And meanwhile, as we find out, Billy's still with Bo's mom. Jackie. Yep. So things not really going Tim's way at this point. He tires with Landry. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with that? Tim Tim is at rock bottom. <laughs> uh he, you know, really did show some character to a certain extent with uh, sticking by Jason through the whole Mexico thing. Not that, I mean, he spent his whole time down there, you know, drinking and whatnot. Mm. But yeah, things not going Tim's way. We love Tim Riggins. We want to see Tim Riggins succeed and thrive in life. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. hopefully things turn around. I think that might be all we have for characters this week. Yeah, that sounds good. Those are all our characters, so we'll be right back and we will hand out some awards. All right, we're back. It's time for our awards for the week. We're going to start off, as we always do, with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Uh... I think we got to review what coach even did in this episode. He had a nice interaction with Jason. Yeah. He gave that nice little uh, speech to Jason, but outside of that, we really just see him chasing paper. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Embracing his new role as the athletic director. Uh, He kicked Tim off the team. Is that inspiring or, I mean, it's probably the right move, but. I wouldn't say it's inspiring. Some extremely tough love. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that he was like bad. He wasn't not inspiring, but he also wasn't. There's nothing that's particularly inspiring. I think we got to put him at like, I would put him like a, a flat zero to one. Yeah. I was thinking two. So just because I did think that his interaction with Jason was pretty good. So yeah. if I say two, you say, zero to one um i think let's let's settle on a one i feel good about that i'm good with that not coach's best episode but wasn't terrible julie taylor hatometer uh we've got i i personally have a lot of empathy for julie this week yeah. with her going out of her way to apologize to matt and say admit that she was wrong for for sure the first time in the series yeah. and 
very possibly the last time. Um, <laughs> so I got to put her in the negatives this week. It's got to be a negative three or four just for that move. Yep. She don't worry. She'll find her way into the positives. Yeah. Very soon. We're, we're, yeah, that's not even really a, an issue for sure. But, um, she, yeah, she has some nice moments, some authentic moments, some real moments, some owning up to her crap moments. So, uh, yeah. What'd you say? Negative what? Three or four. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Let's keep her at a negative three just cause we don't want to be, I don't know. I don't want to be too kind. Too kind. Yeah. yeah. So we'll give J, uh, Julia negative three for the week. Fairly likable. The big rig beer tally is, is, uh, took off. This week we added quite a few. Yeah, if you count the two empty beers on the on the coffee table, I counted it as five. Yep, five. So he woke up with one in his hand, two on the coffee tables. He coffee table. He cracked one uh, upon with rising. Lila. Yep, and then he had one one in the stands. Yep. yep, when he was at. The and I, I think it's only fair to count those two on the table because I think that we've been very very conservative. Yep. Uh, up to this point so we'll we'll get a little a little wild with it and count the yeah two. i mean it's safe to say those were tim's beers so oh. i'm good with that man we already talked about our glenn sleazeball move of the week which is just glenn <laughs> existing <and laughs> bloody dumping all of his business on yeah on tammy uh who knows what's uh what are you supposed to turn or maternity leave is at dylan high Boy, I don't six even weeks, know. Six weeks. weeks. Six weeks sounds. Yeah. How long do you think Glenn was just sitting on these things for six to eight weeks? I think and so. And was just like, Freaking let me Glenn. document this. And once Tammy gets back <laughs> forward, we're in episode seven, which is theoretically week seven. So we'll say, well, yeah, we'll say Tammy gets six weeks off. Glenn has been just documenting and saying, <laughs> Tammy will deal with this when she gets yeah, back. Yeah, we'll let future Tammy handle that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Glenn sucks. <laughs> He's a loser. Yeah. Uh, but he did fix their ice machine, and my ice machine is currently broken, so I got to <laughs> give Glenn that. Yeah. If only you had a Glenn in your life. Yeah. <laughs> to be sleazy 99% of the time, but if they could fix an ice machine, boy, I could use them right now. So. <laughs> We should, you know, we should figure figure out who the actor for Glenn is, and that's maybe a reasonable get for the podcast. <laughs> <Maybe that. laughs> but Glenn aside, we uh, let's move on to the Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week, the OG sleazeball, if you will. Uh, I've got making Santiago chase a pig. Yeah, that one's up there. <laughs> Um, that one's up there for me. I got to say my definitive one is, is the, what he says to the party. Oh, right. Yeah. The one that like literally made me angry. Yeah. Could have been a dynasty and then Lila would have been rich. <laughs> Freaking buddy. Yeah. I think we, we got to settle on buddy openly. <laughs> Longing for the days when Jason yeah. was not paralyzed. Had Jason not gotten hurt, his daughter could have been rich. Yeah. Gross. Gross, buddy. So that's something to celebrate. 
Notable music cues is the hives. Gotta be the hives. Tick, tick, boom. Great song. Uh, Hate to say I told you so. Also another great hive song. I don't know if it actually made the podcast proper, but go listen to Sum 41 if (laughs) if that got cut out or not. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's a... A.K.A. the sums if you watch the, uh, <laughs> still, the waiting. still Waiting video. Uh, I believe that brings us to our quote of the episode. The only one that I wrote down was the Buddy Sleazeball. So, okay. Um, I'm going to go. I was kind the, of be, yeah, I, I wasn't, I didn't think too much just stood out to me in this, this yeah. particular episode. I'm going to, I'm going to contribute uh, Billy Riggins' to quotes about squeezing things. Uh, explaining the breast pump to Tim by saying that it squeezes milk out of a lady's udders. <laughs> it's my first one. Uh, his reassurance to Tammy that he's going to help get Tim back on track educationally by saying, I'm going to be squeezing his testicles until he's bleeding <laughs> term papers. Thought that was pretty good. Kind of the inspirational quote from Coach. I won't go back into it, but his exchange with Jason was pretty good. Um, coaches and players, they learn from each other. It goes both ways. You lift up everyone around you. It's a powerful gift to earn. I hope I didn't let you down. So I guess I did go back over it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was okay. Worth mentioning, but not it. Yeah. So do you stick with Buddy then? Uh, that's the only one that I wrote down. I like all of those quotes. So I'm going <laughs> to, I feel like I've, I've been put on the, yeah. The cutting room or the person who who makes the cuts. So yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave it up to you this week. Well, um, along those lines, I don't feel like we've ever given Billy Riggins a quote of the week. So that's true. I, <laughs> uh, how about I choose Billy Riggins and you choose between squeezing udders or squeezing term papers out of balls? Oh, that's a that's a tough. <laughs> Because turn papers out of balls is great, but I think the utters quote, I'm going to go with the utters quote, okay. I think is better. Only because it shows such a misunderstanding of <laughs> of women and of humans in general. <laughs> Anatomy, yeah. All right. We've chosen our quote of the week. Congratulations, Billy Riggins. Uh, which leaves us with the episode rating for this week. I think this one's uh maybe a six. Yeah, it's uh it's not good, it's not bad. I was thinking seven. Um we can call it a six point five. All right, let's call it a six point five. Me in the middle. So there you have it, folks. Episode two oh six. How did I get here? Yeah, obviously lots to talk about. Uh not necessarily about Friday Night Lights itself, yeah. but plenty of conversations. This is what happens when we take weeks off. <laughs> so we yeah. got to catch up and talk about yearbooks <laughs> and foreign exchange students from 15 years ago and yes, the like. Time well spent. Uh, I will pay for it uh, in the editing process, but it's worth it. Uh, we're thankful that you guys... Uh, choose to listen to this. Uh, yeah. Just pretty amazing. But yeah. Jota, is there any 
new states that we've gotten at the time of recording, any new countries. Just As always, favorite. shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Definitely shout out to favorite. Jamaica. Yep. Uh, I did notice. I think there were Austria was uh, showing yeah. some some yeah had a strong showing so throw another shrimp on the bobby (laughs) i don't want to offend you that's a dumb dumb and dumber thing yeah great we we appreciate you wherever you're at thanks for listening we'll see you next week for episode seven this is reliving the lights of friday night lights rewatch podcast uh signing off for the week finally have a good weekend thanks for listening let's touch god this time boys Let's touch God.